0: I recently had the opportunity to sit down with 16 Bible prophecy experts and discuss with them the book of Daniel. One of my questions related to Daniel's famous prophecy of the 70 weeks of years. Specifically, I asked them if they believe there is a time gap in that prophecy, and if so, why? Stay tuned for their answers. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, Greetings in the name of Jesus our Blessed Hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Last week we began a series of programs about the book of Daniel. I announced that in each program I will be interviewing 16 Bible prophecy experts. The question I asked them last week had to do with the validity of the book. I asked them that question because the book of Daniel has been savagely attacked by theological liberals as containing fake prophecies. The reason they call them fake is because the prophecies that have thus far been fulfilled in history have been fulfilled so precisely and accurately. When I asked our experts what they thought of these attacks, they pointed out that they are understandable when you consider the fact that theological liberals do not believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. Rather, They consider it to be man's search for God, and therefore they reject the very idea of predictive prophecy. After all, folks, if they were to admit that the Bible contains accurate prophecies about the future, they would have to admit that it came from God. Our experts provided many other defenses of the validity of the book of Daniel, including the fact that Jesus Himself accepted the book as valid and quoted from it. If you missed last week's program, you can view it on our website at lamblion.com. Now, this week we are going to take a look at one of Daniel's most famous prophecies. It is called the Prophecy of the 70 Weeks of Years. And for those of you who may not be familiar with this prophecy which is found in Daniel chapter 9, let me just present you a very brief overview of it. Beginning with verse 24, Daniel prophesies that six spiritual goals will be accomplished among the Jewish people during a period of 70 weeks of years or 490 years. He then proceeds to divide the 490 years into three periods. The first is Is a seven-week period of 49 years during which the Temple would be rebuilt. This would be followed by a period of 62 weeks of years, or 434 years, making a total of 483 years. The ending point of this second period of time would be the death of the Messiah. Now, it just so happens that it was exactly 483 years from the time Artaxerxes the King of Persia issued an edict for the rebuilding of the Temple to the time when Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem. This left one week of years, or seven years of Daniel's prophecy to be fulfilled. And our question for this session with our prophecy experts is whether or not that seven years was fulfilled immediately after the first 483 years of the prophecy, or is there a time gap in the prophecy that we are still in today? Here is why the question is so important. Those who hold to an amillennial viewpoint claim that the remaining 7 weeks were fulfilled immediately after the death of Jesus because they believe God has no purpose left for the Jews. Those who hold to a premillennial view of Bible prophecy argue there is a time gap in the prophecy and that the last 7 years of the prophecy will be fulfilled in the end times during the 7 years of the great tribulation when God will focus once again on the Jewish people and save a great remnant of them. So, Is there a gap in Daniel's prophecy or not? Let's go to our experts.
2: Yes, there's definitely a gap. It was not uh, immediate consecutive uh, slots of time. You know, Daniel's 70 weeks was explained to him that it would come in three segments of time. There would be seven weeks of years followed by 62 weeks of years, and then finally one week of years. And in Daniel chapter 9 verses 25 and 26 uh, he says that that 70 weeks would begin with the going forth of the decree for the Jews to rebuild uh, the city of Jerusalem and that the first two segments that would be the 7 weeks and 62 weeks, the first 69 weeks would end when Messiah is cut off or at the crucifixion. Now If there was no break, then obviously the next seven years, the final seven years of that 70 weeks of Daniel, would have had to follow immediately after the crucifixion. But then Daniel goes on to say in the very next verse, verse 27, that in that last seven years it would be initiated by a covenant that will be confirmed by the Antichrist with many of the Jewish people. And obviously that did not happen. The Antichrist is still a futuristic character as far as being... You know, on the scene of politics that, that we can recognize. And so uh, there had to be a time gap. Another thing is in verse 24, it says uh, to Daniel 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. This is a determined time, it's not an actual time. Um, when you look at a football game, there are four quarters of 15 minutes each. That's the determined time, but it's certainly not the actual time of the game, which will be for maybe two or three hours. Why is that? Well, because there are breaks in there. There's timeouts and halftime and so forth. And uh, when God dealt with that first 69 weeks of Daniel, He stomped His clock, so to speak, and turned His attention away from dealing with Daniel's people to turn to the Gentile nations of the world. we entered in that that wonderful period in history in which we're still living in called the church age or the age of grace. And in this time period, God is gathering out from among the population of the world a very peculiar group of people, a special group called the church or the bride of Christ. And we don't know when the last person is going to be saved and enter into the body of Christ, but I can tell you that when that last person is saved and the bride is complete, the groom is going to come for his bride. And that's the rapture of the church. That will be the conclusion of that that uh, gap between the 69th and 70th week of Daniel. Then God will complete uh, those 70 weeks that he said he had determined upon Daniel's people with that last one week of time, that last seven years, which we refer to as the 70, uh, as the tribulation. And so that's the overall view of the 70 weeks of Daniel and we're living in that gap period if you will, the church age right now between the 69th and 70th week of Daniel
3: well again uh, I do believe there's a gap and again I'm going to go right back to Jesus because Jesus quoted Daniel 9.27 in Matthew 24 verse 15 and that's in the context of the future because just a couple verses later he talks about a time of unparalleled distress uh, coming upon the world he talks about his coming as the sign in the sky verses 27 and 28 so I believe there's a gap and one of the main reasons I do is because Jesus believed there's a gap and if it kept running consecutively uh, then all of the events mentioned in Daniel 9:24 concerning Daniel's people and Daniel's city there's six clauses there uh, they basically speak of the physical and spiritual restoration of Israel. All of those things would be a reality today. But we don't see Israel today uh, spiritually restored. She's been brought back to the land, but she's not yet in belief. So there's obviously some kind of suspension in that prophecy. There's a gap there.
4: Well, just exegetically, divide the 77ths into three categories. First of all, seven sevens of 49 years during which the time just won't be rebuilt. And then he goes on and then there'll be another 62 sevens for a total of 483 years before the Messiah arrives. It does not imply any break or gap of time between the first subdivision and the second subdivision. But then he doesn't go directly to the third subdivision the last seven years. He says after the 62nd seven, three things happen. Number one, Messiah's kill, which happens around AD 30, AD 33. Secondly, Jerusalem will be destroyed along with the Temple, that's A.D. 70, followed by a long period of wars and desolations. After a long period of wars and desolations, then comes the last seven, that begins with one event, the signing of the seven-year covenant between Israel and the Antichrist, which triggers the last seven years. So purely for exegetical reasons, there's a gap of time between the 69th, 7th, and the 77th. And so I believe that for those exegetical reasons.
5: There is a gap, uh, the 69 weeks and the 70th week of prophecy. Now Daniel clearly tells us in Daniel chapter 9 verses 24 through 26 that 69 weeks have already literally been fulfilled. Uh, the starting point for the 69 weeks is in Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah rebuilding the walls of the city of Jerusalem. Counting from 444 BC when that event happened, All the way to the year 3031 AD, Jesus comes down the Mount of Olives riding on a donkey, thus fulfilling Zechariah's prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse number 9. The following day, he's crucified. That ended the 69 weeks of prophecy. Daniel tells us in chapter 9 and verse 25 that after the 69 weeks of prophecy, Messiah is cut off. That refers to the death penalty, uh, crucifixion. Now, 69 weeks have already literally been fulfilled. There is one week, Dave, that is still future. And that is a future seven-year period of tribulation to come upon this world. So we see that gap between the 69 weeks and the start of Daniel's seventh week of prophecy. Well, what officially begins that seven-year countdown? Daniel 9.27 tells us this, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week he shall perform the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even till the consummation. And that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. So the rapture does not begin the tribulation period. It's when this antichrist confirms a seven-year peace covenant with the nation of Israel that will begin the final 70th week of Daniel's prophecy. So what is that gap of time? It's the church age from Pentecost up until now, Trumpet sounds, we're taken out here at the rapture, somewhere down the line, that antichrist comes on the scene, confirms that covenant with Israel, the start of Daniel's final seven-year countdown.
6: There's no question in my mind that there is a gap in Daniel's prophecy of the 70 weeks of years, and I believe the Daniel's sequence of events and historical facts prove that. Uh, For example, Daniel said seven weeks of years would pass, then he said 62 weeks of years would pass. And then he said that Messiah the Prince would appear and be cut off, but not for himself. Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and he was crucified about 32 or 33 A.D., depending upon which date you accept, whose date you accept. And then the next thing that uh, Daniel said, he said that that, uh, the people of the Prince that shall come, the people of the Antichrist, the Romans, would destroy Jerusalem and the temple. Well, that happened in about 70 A.D., so you've got a gap right there of uh, between 32 and 33 AD when Jesus made his triumphal entry and was crucified in 70 AD when te- the temple was destroyed and that kind of thing. But that gap is longer than that because you look at the next thing that Daniel said. He skipped down to the time of the end, and he mentioned the fact that the Antichrist would sign a covenant with many. He would confirm a covenant is the Bible word with many for a, a period of one week of years. So you've got a gap there. And then there's one other thing I think that indicates a gap. He talked about the temple being destroyed, and, and that happened in 70 AD, and then it has to be rebuilt by the middle of the tribulation period, so you need a gap or a time factor in there between the destruction of the temple and the rebuilding of the temple so that he can, the Antichrist can stop the animal sacrifices and things like that. So to me, it's, it's just a sure thing. There is a gap, in the
7: sequence of events and the historical facts verify The gap exists between the 69th and the 70th week. And there's a reason for that gap. There was a question in the minds of the Old Testament prophets about how God was going to incorporate the Gentiles into the family of God. Paul addressed this in Ephesians chapters 2 and 3 very, very clearly. At the rejection of Messiah and beginning with the day of Pentecost, we have what is commonly called the age of grace or the church age or the dispensation of the church. At the beginning, the church was almost exclusively Jewish. That soon changed with the spreading of the gospel. As a result of that, Gentiles became the dominant culture within the church. And it was through the avenue of this gap, this church age, that the Gentiles were brought into fellowship with God. Paul was, was was very clear about this. At the time when the last Gentile enters into the body of Christ, not is saved, but enters into the body of Christ, God is going to end that dispensation or this dispensation called the church age with the return of Jesus to take the church out of the world. Soon after that event, with the signing of a treaty of some kind brokered by Antichrist, that last Uh, week of years will begin, and that is going to end with the second coming of Jesus. So there is a gap between the 69th and 70th weeks of years, and the purpose of that gap is to include the Gentiles into the promises that God made to humanity. Yeah, absolutely,
1: because uh, if you take the 69 sevens as 483 years from the decree to rebuild the city, until the death of the Messiah. He clearly says in that passage, the Messiah will be cut off or killed, Uh, that he's going to die for others, not for himself. Uh, And that was clearly fulfilled in the death of Christ. So the 483 years definitely lapsed right on time, right on schedule with the prophecy. The question is, what do you do with the final seven years, the 70th seven, the Shabuah is the Hebrew term, the heptad of seven years. When does that come to pass? Well, after Jesus died on the cross, seven years later, all of prophecy had not been fulfilled. All of this had not come to pass. Even the destruction of the temple was forty years later, not seven years later. So it's obvious to most people that that seven years is yet to be fulfilled in the future, in the time of tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble. Since all the rest of the passages are about the Jewish people and the city of Jerusalem, if the first 69 sevens are about the history of the Jews, why would not the 70th seven be about the history of the Jews as well? It's really as though God's time clock starts ticking with the decree of Artaxerxes to Nehemiah to go and rebuild the city. And for 483 years, that clock ticks, 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 ticks and stops at the death of Christ. The gap is that God is now dealing in the church age with Gentiles as well as Jews. This was unforeseen in the Old Testament, and it's not part of the prophecy to the nation of Israel because they're going to be scattered during this time. When Israel returns to the land and the stage is set, as it is today, once the rapture occurs and the church age has come to an end, I believe the clock starts ticking again and the final seven years tick off as we go through the time of tribulation to the
0: triumphal return of Christ. You are watching Christ in Prophecy in a series of interviews with 16 Bible prophecy experts who are commenting on Daniel's prophecy of the 70 weeks of years.
8: In the book of Daniel, chapter 9, there are six things that would be accomplished by the 70 weeks of Daniel. One was finish the transgression. Two, make of end, end of sin. Three, make atonement for iniquity. Four, bring in everlasting righteousness. Seal up vision and prophecy, number five. And six, anoint the most holy place. The only way... To believe that those have already been accomplished is to give ourselves to the allegorical approach to Scripture. Uh, Take number one, for example, finish the transgression. This is talking about the Jewish transgression because Daniel was writing to his people Israel. So has the transgression of the Jewish people ended? No. Uh, Make an end of sin. Has that ended? No. Uh, Make atonement for iniquity. Uh, This is probably talking about the feast of uh, atonement uh, so that is an upcoming event that Jesus Christ will personally supervise when he comes to the earth, bring in everlasting righteousness. Nobody in their right mind would, would argue that we have everlasting righteousness today, just looking at the world and condition of it. Seal up vision and prophecy, uh, we can discuss that one. And anoint the most holy place, I believe, is a reference to Jerusalem receiving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus, and anoint that holy place as the capital of the entire world. Those seventy weeks have not occurred yet, if you demand on their literal interpretation.
9: Well, I absolutely believe that, uh, that at the end of the sixty-ninth week of years, as recorded in Daniel nine, verse twenty-four through twenty-seven, there is a very clear gap because what happens textually is that we have the Messiah, the anointed one, who is cut off. At that point in time, as the text continues, we then can see clearly that there is going to be the fulfillment of the final 70th week. Now, as we look historically, we know that those things did not happen uh, in the, the, the very near future following the time that Daniel wrote this. But more importantly, I think there's an obvious gap there simply because of the fact that in Daniel's day, when God gave that vision to Daniel... He repeatedly speaks about the fact that this is about your people and about your city. And this relates to the Jewish people. And there was not a clear understanding that there was going to be something called the ecclesia, the church, the called out ones. And when the church was born, that church age or that age of grace when the gospel would be taken to the whole world, that was not something that the Jewish people could, could grasp at that particular time 500 or so years before Jesus. So I personally see a very clear Uh, Gap there that facilitates the spread of the gospel and that then ultimately ushers in as well the tribulation period uh, that we know is coming, and that is the final seven-year period. And I think a person who honestly sits down without a preconceived agenda and reads the book of Daniel, literally as God intends, will come away with a very clear understanding that there is a very obvious period of time here.
10: Yeah, whether we call it a gap or a parenthesis or an intercalation, something like this, uh, some of it is the grammar itself. It, it allows for because it, it says, you know, after the 69 weeks. Now, I'm the one to want to put that the 70th week immediately at the time of the crucifixion leading up to the end of the Second Temple. But the grammar doesn't say that. And it's it's very, I think, careful in the way it says it. Uh, in the Hebrew text, there's something called athnok, which... Uh, Seems to make a break there so that you would see these things as, as quite different. And I think that these are interpretive things that the rabbis put in. Uh, from my perspective, if we look at the content of the text. All right, it's, it's very clear that what comes after this cannot be related to what goes before this because we already have mentioned the prince uh, who is related to the people who will destroy the temple and the sanctuary. That's one text. Then it goes on to say that this one who is coming, who's related to them, is himself going to be involved in desecrating, not destroying the temple, but desecrating the temple, another temple and making a covenant and then himself being uh, destroyed as a result of that act. Well, none of that fits past history. It can't fit the time of the first temple. Uh, that, if it can't fit that history, then any history after that is open to us. And as futurist, we're looking at Daniel chapter 9 as a template or a pattern or even a paradigm, you might say, for the Olivet Discourse in the Book of Revelation, in chapters 6 through 19. And it seems so clear that the 70th week of Daniel is this prophetic time period uh, that's that's mentioned by Jesus. He already says, when you see future, the abomination definitely spoken of by Daniel the prophet, and that comes from Daniel nine twenty-seven. So that has to be future from his time. And Then Paul uses the same language, Second Thessalonians two and three, and four, and and then Revelation uh, chapter eleven and uh, verse two picks up the same language, talking about the forces who will desecrate for three and a half years or one thousand two hundred and fifty days. The the, uh, the area outside the sanctuary which is left out. So I think, and from that point of view. It can't fit as part of the past history that Daniel's talking about. It has to be projected to the far future. As a matter of fact, I think there are two gaps.
11: At the end of the uh, 69 weeks, it says that the Messiah is cut off, not for himself, and the people of the prince who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Mm. Well, the Messiah came at the end of the 69 weeks and he died and apparently the clock stopped there. And then uh, in about 40 years, the next prophecy was fulfilled, which was the destruction of the city and the sanctuary. So there's a little gap 40 years. And then the next thing is the wicked prince, the prince that uh, comes, makes a treaty with the many, presumably of Israel, because the whole prophecy is about Jerusalem and Israel, uh, for one week. Uh, that is seven years. And that is the beginning of the tribulation. So there's a little gap between Messiah being cut off and the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem and, the, and uh, then after that there's a long gap that's lasted 2,000 years uh, before the tribulation is kicked off with the uh, signing of the agreement covenant between the Antichrist and Israel still in the yet future.
0: Well, I think it has become very clear that our panel of experts strongly believes there is a time gap in Daniel's prophecy for a number of reasons. And you know, I personally agree with them, and I believe we are still in that time gap today. It is called the Church Age. And when that age soon comes to an end it will be followed by the final seven years of Daniel's prophecy in the form of the Tribulation." I also believe that Gary Fisher touched on the strongest argument in behalf of that gap when he pointed out that six prophecies were to be fulfilled among the Jewish people during the 490 year time period and they remain unfulfilled to this day. My colleague Nathan Jones presented this argument very clearly in his response.
12: Now. As you read on in chapter 9, it talks about six accomplishments that those when the 490 years end, six things would happen. One, finish the transgression. Now that means that the people, the Jews, had rejected Jesus as the Messiah. And they had to finish that transgression of rejecting their own Messiah. Uh, number two, it says to make an end of sin. The end of sin is the end of rebellion against God. So at the end of the 490 years, rebellion against God would end. Uh, Number three, make atonement for iniquity. There had to be a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And that's Jesus. That's Jesus' death on the cross. Uh, Number four, bring in everlasting righteousness. Everlasting. You have to have righteous people to have righteousness. And you have to have a righteous king. And that's the Messiah being king. Uh, Number five, it all says that the accomplishment would be the seal up vision and prophecy. Prophecy had to finally be fulfilled. All the prophecies in the Bible have to come to a conclusion at that point. And number six, anoint the most holy place, the most holy place being the temple. There had to be a genuine temple, and we're talking about the temple of the second coming. So, right there in Daniel 9, 24-27, it's giving those things that happen, and those things haven't all come to fulfillment yet.
0: Well, folks, that's our program for this week. Next week, the Lord willing, we will continue with this prophetic forum about the book of Daniel. I hope you'll be back with us. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near.
12: Dr. David Reagan's newest book, Living on Borrowed Time, presents a sweeping overview of the signs of the times that point to the imminent return of Jesus to this earth. It also contains prophetic form in which 22 Bible prophecy experts respond to 11 questions about the signs of the times. Some of the experts include David Hawking, Jack Kinsella, Jan Markell, Ron Rhodes, Bill Salas, Gary Fisher, Nathan Jones, and Tim LaHaye. Dr. Reagan addresses the most commonly asked questions concerning the return of Jesus. Can we know the date when he will return? Can we know the season of his return? What are the key biblical signs of his return? What signs, if any, have already been fulfilled? Are there any signs that are unique to our day and time? What is the most convincing sign of the Lord's soon return? The book runs 300 pages in length and can be yours for a donation of $15 or more, plus the cost of shipping. To order a copy, call the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Monday through Friday Central Time, or you can order the book through our website at lamblion.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a
0: presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.